Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Hey, Kat. Hey, Tanya. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. What you got going on these days? Oh, same old, same old, you know, just living life, doing my thing. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Yeah, it was It was a little smaller than normal. And with that brings a lot more quiet and calm. And so it was kind of nice. I bet. Yeah, how about yours? Same, I would say quiet, small, but lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And did the grandbaby get to come? Yeah. <laughs> I got to have grandbaby time. Oh, that is awesome. Yes, I love that. So, Kat, what are we talking about today? We are talking about cueing yoga and... You know, it doesn't seem like such a big deal when you talk about cueing, but I know you probably have the same experience when I am teaching teacher training. That is something that instructors really, really struggle with. And I think it really comes down to finding their own voice and what feels authentic to them. Because I feel like when most people have challenges with what to say when they're trying to lead people through poses, it's because they're trying to sound like someone else or they don't even know someone else to sound like. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, a lot to it in the form also of each of us has probably been to a class where we've heard cues that we really liked and Mm -hmm. we've heard cues that we really didn't like and or that we've been to a class and we're like, are you going to cue me? And they don't cue at all. (laughs) Or we've been to a class where we're like, dude, are you going to shut up so I can do some yoga? Yeah. Speaking of cues that you didn't like at all. So when we decided to do this, I did Google, what are some crazy yoga cues that people, that you've heard? There are some of the craziest ones. One that uh, Lauren and I went to a yoga conference and in Asheville, North Carolina, and the instructor there, she was a fabulous instructor. But every time you got into downward dog, she would say, now walk that dog. Isn't it juicy, juicy, juicy? It's so juicy. And I finally, I got to the point where I just, I mean, I was trying so hard to be serious because she was so good. But she said juicy every single time she got into down dog. Then the next instructor wanted your anus to blossom. And I know that that I didn't, I thought that was unique to them, but I guess people say that. People say a lot. Yeah. So when I was looking on and I actually looked up what are the weirdest yoga cues you've heard? You know, of course, they mentioned let your anus blossom. Here's one I have never heard. Feel and honor your pancreas. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that is a unique one. I'm like, ah. I know. I was like, you know, and I never have honored my pancreas. So I don't know. (laughs) I was like, now this one is another one I thought was bizarre. Are. Let your muscles fall from your bones. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, there's yeah. got to be maybe a little bit more eloquent ways yeah. to say. Relax your body. <laughs> um, activate your toes. That one's not too weird. This one, though, I have to say, and I shared this one with you before class. So I have to, <laughs> before we start recording, but this one I have never heard. But this one lady mentioned that in a Christian yoga class she was teaching during down dog, the instructor said, spread your cheek to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I was like, all right. Yeah. I have not heard that one. This, uh, uh, let's see, I've got a few more. Um, this lady's son has an instructor that always says, breathe through your urethra. That's interesting. Again, mm-hmm. I feel there's better ways to say mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Let's I sometimes see. think if you overuse or try to, I should, I'm not quite sure how I want to say this, try to animate body parts and or, you know, the example would be like, okay, I understand when you breathe, you can roar your Uh breath, Mm -hmm. but you can't roar your muscles. Yeah. (laughs) Now, one thing that I do say sometimes just to make a point when I tell when people are over exerting when I can tell they don't need to I'll and this is it sounds stupid but they always get what I'm saying I'm like you know if you feel this in your knees back off if it feels like the muscles are ripping off the bone don't do that you know now can the muscles rip off the bone no not really any I guess they could but not really in yoga but you know so I guess you know if your muscles feel like they're ripping off the bone probably not 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 the greatest, but I do say that sometimes when I see people not listening to me and forcing it, but I don't ever tell people to let their anus blossom. Don't do it. Yeah, I tend to be a little bit, or maybe try to be a little bit politically correct when it comes mm-hmm. to, we'll say, more private body parts, mm-hmm. just just because there yeah. is some high sensitivities to them. Yeah, it's interesting, but you know, I love to teach cueing in my yoga teacher training. Like it's part part of my favorite thing to do. And, you know, I try to do it in a concise pattern so that people can visualize it from the ground up. But I think it's one of those things where you're going to get in a groove. And I tell my yoga teacher trainers, like, make a list of the cues. And, and like for, for the way I teach it, I say, you know, for each body part. So maybe it's the feet. Mm-hmm. Right? And so make a cue card. And on the cue card, write down 10 different cues for the feet. Right. Lift the toes, engage the arches, Mm -hmm. round down through the four corners of the feet, right? Like there's multiple ways to say very similar things. Mm -hmm. And that way you've got like your toolbox for the feet. And no matter what pose you're in, you just pull one of your cues out of your feet toolbox Mm-hmm. And and you've got a cue for the feet. And then you move up and maybe you do some for the calves. Maybe you do some for the knees. Maybe the mm-hmm. thighs. And basically just make your way up the body and you've got 15 cue cards. And on each cue card is five to ten cues. Mm-hmm. And you have now a very big library of cues that you can pull from anytime you need to. And whether you want to make them align or not, that's a great starting point for every basic 200 hour Mm -hmm. yoga teacher train Mm -hmm. is like literally just giving them the toolbox here you go is a little baggie of cues and within your baggie of cues is all these cues you can use Mm -hmm. and find some that feel authentic to you don't use cues that don't sound like something you would say you know one thing I have that one of my pet peeves pet peeves if I go to a class and the instructor is using words that they don't even know what they mean. You know, they are using words like, especially if they're getting into anatomy and physiology. And this 
is, most everyone knows what adduct and abduct is, but sometimes the people in our classes don't. So you have to also teach to your audience. If you're saying retract, retract your scapula back and down, probably half the people in the class don't even know what their scapula is. So, and this has been more from when I was teaching aerobics, I would have people that would use terminology that maybe they had a good idea, kind of, but they couldn't explain it to the people in class what it was. So like if I tell someone to adduct, you know, something, which, you know, I don't usually say adduct. I may say externally rotate, but when I do say that, I'll say adduct and I'll use my hands, like pull it together. So I will explain it to them. Or if I say externally rotate your front quad when you're in downward facing dog, I'll literally take my hand on my quad and show them rolling it out. And so that's that's one of my pet peeves is when people, and I don't know how to say it, but when people try to use words that are above the people in the class, not that the people in the class aren't smart, they don't use words like this in everyday language. So yeah. And I also think too, that you can be cueing from an anatomical standpoint. And this is one of the things I also try to really impress upon the 200 hour yoga teachers is finding cues that are alignment cues, finding cues that are educational cues. That's the why. Why do we, why is it important that we align our knee with our second toe, right? Mm -hmm. And or then, you know, maybe you don't want to go anatomy at all. And maybe you want to cue specifically from a theme. And what's the theme for your class today? And if you're considering that, then now you're considering that you're cueing from a place of, well, today's about ahimsa and kindness. So Mm -hmm. as you settle into the pose, engage the muscles that'll hold you upright and soften into the rest, allow yourself space, kindness, Mm -hmm. you know, however you want to drive that theme in Mm -hmm. and, and then using the intelligence of, okay, if I'm not going to go down the path of anatomy, I do have to at least cue enough to get them into the pose because I can't just, you know, teach a class and say, okay, everybody, now we're going to do down dog. Breathe in, breathe out. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to do warrior one. Breathe in, breathe out. <laughs> like, right? Like you can't, right. you can't do that. Yeah. So you have to also consider that there has to be enough cues to get the students into the pose. Mm-hmm. It was really fun because this last week in teacher training, I had the students for the first time link multiple poses in a row mm-hmm. and they really have to consider, oh, okay, now I have to transition between the poses. It was one thing for me to stand them up and put them in a pose and then work on going up the body with cues. Now it's a whole nother thing to put them in a pose and then have to transition them into a different pose. And what are the words I'm going to use for all those transitions? Positions, right. Right. And so that was really fun to watch them try and piece that together. I always find it very fun when they go, oh my gosh, I never realized how hard it is to talk and teach yoga. But they also see if they don't do it, that the people, the people in the class are just kind of standing there like, now what? You, you know? mean in terms of demoing? Um, no, when they're literally flowing. I've had quite a few instructors go, not realize how hard it is to speak and flow with their class. And so I have people teach and move with the class and I have people teach without doing it with the class both. And it's very, it's very interesting yeah. um, watching the difference. 
Yeah, for sure. No, I totally agree. And then there's also the consideration of, you know, there's nothing that says that if you've already gotten them into the pose, that you have to keep cueing. Instead, Mm -hmm. just quiet down and let them be within the pose and let them just sit in it, marinate in it, feel how it feels, notice Mm -hmm. what comes up. You know, like it doesn't always have to be that the cue that you're giving is a technical cue. Yeah. And you can try out different cues because, you know, there's some things that I always say and then every once in a while I'll just throw in other cues and it's so fun to watch someone that hears a cue for the first time a certain way that has a light bulb that flashes above their head that all of a sudden they understand how to move their pelvis in a certain pose or how to pull their rib cage back or whatever it happens to be. It's just so neat to see that kind of light bulb go off. And you're like, oh my gosh, they got it then, you know, so. I thought it was fun as, as, you know, I was watching my yoga teacher trainers come to the realization that if they don't actually say the name of the pose, sometimes it's impossible for them to get four or five different bodies to actually (laughs) get into the pose they want. Mm -hmm. Because everybody hears cues a little differently as well. Right. And so if you haven't said we're moving into warrior two, but instead you're like, inhale your your arms parallel. Sometimes people are like this and sometimes mm-hmm. people are like this, you know, like yeah. there's no indication of what parallel means because parallel right. to what? Parallel yeah. to themselves, <laughs> parallel to the earth, parallel to what, right? Yeah. And so it was also really fun for the instructors to see their own light bulbs of, oh, snap, it would be mm-hmm. much more helpful if I said, we're going to move into warrior two, inhale, lift your right leg, step your foot forward. So that people know where they're going (laughs) too. Yeah. So it's, it's fun to watch. And, you know, I also think too, as much as we talk about, you know, cues and how important they are, there's also, I'm sure been a time where you've heard a cue that literally touched your heart Mm -hmm. and that had that cue not come up that day, your life would have just kept on going in the direction it was going, but that cue altered the direction for you. Mm -hmm. So we also have to remember. Remember, words are powerful and powerful cues are life changing. Yeah, it's so cool because I always tell the story about my aha moment on the mat. And my aha moment on the mat was because of a cue. Mm-hmm. And it, and so as I think back on the importance of cues, had it not been for that one teacher saying, and for those of you who are pushing too hard right now, maybe child's pose would be a better choice for you. Uh-huh. right? And that was just this comment at the time aggravated the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. But once I let that sink in, I realized she was completely right. Mm-hmm. And so it's also that... You you know, there's that one cue that you're like, why hasn't a- I've been doing yoga for 14 <laughs> years? Why hasn't anybody said that one thing to me before? Yeah. Or why did right now it register? I agree. I think that's so funny. I, I started laughing when you're saying that because I had a, a girl in class and we were in chair pose and I was talking about the slight tuck of the uh, butt of the hips and chair and in the middle of class she stood up raised her arm and screamed that's a game changer And, you know, most of us, if we hear a cue like that that really resonates, we may scream inside and scream, that's a game changer. 
but she literally didn't everyone in class. You know, it was so funny. We still talk about that. That's great. Yeah. No, I love the aha moment cues. And it's always fun to when you're doing yoga teacher training and you're really teaching mm-hmm. about cues and you start to light on cues that your students are now like, oh, I now get it. Like mm-hmm. how I I never got it before, but now uh-huh. I get it, right? Yeah. You know, and there's something else that people can think about as far as cueing. Like, let's say you used Warrior 2 as an example. If you think about it, you have, a, you have an option to cue them on, let's say, with the right leg in front, and you can try out two or three different cues there. And I do this all the time. I'll give like a cue or two to get people in the right heel-to-heel alignment and all that kind of stuff. Then when we switch which sides, I'll give different cues. Maybe I'll focus more on pulling the rib cage back in or relaxing the shoulders or extending them, pushing the energies through the fingers. So you don't have to say every single cue in your toolbox, as Tanya mentioned. You don't have to say them all on each side. Pick a few just to throw out there when you're on one side, then try a few more on the other side. And it is always funny when you see that something resonated with the whole class on the second side you did. And you know, they're all in their mind thinking, well, I wish she told me that on the other side. But you know, you just try things out and see what works. And every class is going to be different. Sometimes things resonate, sometimes they don't. Yeah, for sure. And I think too, like when you bring up not doing all the same cues on every side, because I also feel like it gets redundant. So maybe on one side, you do the cues up to the belly button. And on the other side, you do the cues from the belly button on up. Or I always reference maybe on one side, you do the anatomical cues. And on the other side, you do the emotional benefits or, you know, that's a great idea, something else educational. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's, there's so many ways to skin a cat. And it's important for us to also reference, this is me like, you know, drilling in the why teacher training, yoga teacher training concepts, but cues aren't always words either. Sometimes cues are with your eyes. Sometimes it's making eye contact with a student and doing something with your body that you want them to do, but you're Mm -hmm. still talking to everybody else in the room. So you're busy doing one thing, but you're showing somebody something else. So using nonverbal cues is also super important. And Mm -hmm. I love the biggest nonverbal verbal cue for most people is a big deep sigh in the middle of a pose. Mm-hmm. I just love that. You know, a couple of cues, maybe we should talk about some things that you have to be careful about. One thing that um, if I tell people, I used to say, you know, tuck your tailbone, scoop your tailbone. I have to be very mindful of my class with that because people have a different idea of what that means. And so I've got a couple of men in class. If I say tuck your tailbone, they do an extreme tuck to the point where their knees, let's say we're in goddess pose, where their knees drop to the midline and they jut out over their feet because they've tucked their tailbone so strongly. And so that made that, that made, makes that pose a little counterproductive for them. So you have to, if you give a cue, and that, that was just one I pulled out of the air. But if, if you give a cue and you notice that people, but if they go from almost being in alignment to totally out of alignment, might be something that you want to go, hmm, 
all right, let's, let's shake it all out. Let's go back to mountain and let's start again. <laughs> yeah. It's, there's also the, um, we're going to back up because we're not getting where I visualized that was going to get you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, there is also a lot to be said for, you know, let's, let's do it again. That one didn't go as well as we wanted. Let's try it again. Ground up. Mm-hmm. And also you don't need to apologize for it because nobody's up there going, uh, that was terrible. Cat, you sucked. Yeah, there isn't a single student that cares. They are just enjoying being there. They're enjoying disappearing on their mat. They're enjoying listening to you help them feel better in their body. Don't over, don't overanalyze your cueing. You know, and the best way to get good at cueing is to listen when you're in someone else's class. Listen to the teachers, and if a cue resonates with you, it'll probably resonate with your students, or it could at least be one that you remember. Hey, I'm going to try that next time. One cue that I never used was corset your ribs because I just didn't like that like for in any kind of pose that had any kind of forward flexion or where you really wanted to tighten that midsection up but I have to say I have started using it when I'm in chair but when I say it the way I say it it helps to it sticks with the people because I'll say you know, course at your rib and I'll put my hands on my ribs and push it towards the middle. And I said, and then I'll say, and pull that belly and pull the shoulder down, tighten everything up there, just like if you were being laced into a corset and everyone straightens up. But that's only with certain classes because it's a lot more blabbing than I generally like to do. But if I see people that just can't seem to get their core engaged I that's that almost always will work so sometimes I revisit cues that I thought oh I mean now I'm never gonna try it let your anus blossom never gonna go that I'm not probably never gonna say spread your cheeks to Jesus or juicy 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 but there's some some that you can go back and go you know let me try this and see if this will resonate with the class sure yeah for sure yeah cues Good stuff. They are, they're either going to take you to the next level or they're going to take you down to a place <laughs> of very deep groundedness in the yeah. right way. Down. Yeah. They're yeah. going to take you down. Yeah. And you got to have them because have uh, you mentioned being in classes where people didn't cue at all. That, that is hard. So they are, a, they are necessary. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. I'm Kat Khan. And I am Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. On a pod, signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Pittas on a Pod.